you are completely whole and completely there. It's the unbecoming. It's the letting go of whatever you think you are, and then you'll just come home. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I wanna help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're gonna be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Purple for supporting another Don't Keep Your Day Job episode. The Purple Grid sets the Purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Get 10% off any order of $200 or more by going to purple.com slash dreamjob10. Promo code dreamjob10. Terms apply. Thanks Indeed for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Indeed.com helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash dreamjob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through March 31st. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to our first episode of 2021. I'm so excited because in just two weeks, I will be doing a five-day free challenge, January 18th through the 22nd come and join me. It's going to be completely free. It's called It's Your Turn. Go to kathyheller.com slash your turn to sign up. Um, this is going to be a five-day experience for free where I will be live every day for five days and I will be helping you figure out what is your calling. What is it? And I will show you how to turn that into your career so that you can get paid to do what you were put here to do. So if you want to join me for five days, if you want to have a breakthrough, if you want to be a part of this to start your new year off right, come join us. Go to kathyheller.com slash your turn. I also want to say a huge thank you to Apple Podcasts for including us in their reinvent yourself selection of podcasts that they featured on the homepage of Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in, whether you're new or you've been here before. Just so you know, I am here to to sort of walk with you into your divine assignment to help you show up and play a bigger game. I know that each one of us was put in the world because we know there's something that we were put here to do. And I want to help you do it. And I want to show you that the clients are there, that the room for you is there, and that it's really about having the courage to know that you're worthy of sharing your light. So this first episode of the new year, I wanted to dive into 
two different pieces of the puzzle. You know, there's the masculine energy and the feminine energy. How do we align them both so that we can build what it is that we were intended to build? We're going to cover the essential seasons that we need to transition as an entrepreneur from engaging with people to developing a deeper connection with your audience. And then how do you sell without selling? How do you serve in a way that feels really good? I'm going to answer some questions also at the end about what next steps might look like, how to open up to more abundance. So you'll get a good dose of mindset here and some business tactics. I thought this would be a good way to to start setting us up for the year. Let's get to it. All right. So I want to start with high vibes. Okay. I really want you guys to get this. We have two energies. We have a masculine and feminine. So there's divine, divine, masculine, divine, feminine, right? And that's great. We need both of those things. In the Kabbalah, they tell us that we give with our right and we receive with our left. So we are both, but in our world, there is a little bit of a patriarchy. And I'm not saying this from a place of having any and a chip on my shoulder. I'm just saying we've all men and women have been conditioned and we have been told and taught that in order to make things happen, in order to create things, we need to push, we need to assert, we need to initiate, we need to hustle and grind. And there is a place for that. There is a place for the male energy. And there is also a place for the female energy. The female energy is all about the receiving. And my friend James Medmore said to me, you know, people always say, what's that strategy? And I would say the strategy stuff may fall into that male energy part, which again, this doesn't matter gender. We all have both. So he said, and people will say, well, what is that strategy? What's the right hashtag? What's the right system? Do I start a YouTube channel or a podcast? This, 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 the how, the how, the how, the how, right? We get so caught up in the how. And he said, and ultimately it's not which system, it's what's in it, right? What is that YouTube video about? What's the energetic vibe that comes across when that human being shares that content? What's the vibe that comes across when you're building that email list through the writing? What's the vibe that comes across in the podcast? So we understand then that there are two pieces. There is the feminine aspect and the masculine aspect. So let's really take a second And zoom out and look at what's that feminine aspect about. Because I believe, just in terms of what I've seen in my own life, that they're both essential. And yet, I would say that 90% of the heavy lifting comes from the femininity and 10% comes from the masculinity. And again, we all have both. This is not about gender. This is about which parts of ourselves we employ in different moments. But we neglect this femininity. And this femininity is very high vibe. And what it's about is the receiving. It's about holding a certain level of resonance. And how many times have you been with someone and you can't speak it into words, but there's something about that person. There's like a magnet. You want to be around them. That's the feminine energy. That's the allowing. When you feel that way around a person, it's because that person is not worrying about the how in that moment. They're not concerning themselves. Well, what are you thinking about me? And how's the, they are vibrating at a different frequency. I want to tell you something about energy. So I was just with Joe Dispenza for six days, unbelievably powerful. And so they've measured energy. Okay. So everything's made of energy. So this, this desk, this is matter. So when they measure the atoms in this desk, it's a slow frequency. It's slow. And then we go faster, faster, faster. What's the fastest thing that we can measure energetically? The speed of light. That's the fastest. 
Is there anything faster than the speed of light? Love. Okay. Let me explain what I mean. So the energy vibration of love equal signs creation. Okay. Let me explain. So what they've done so fascinating is they've taken people who are meditating. They give them an fMRI, right? So you can see where the brain is at, what's going on in the brain. And then they hook them up to a heart monitor and they can watch the heart and they can see this. Now, when they are looking at a person who is in the how, right? Separate from this higher resonance, like really, really connected to how's this going to happen? And what about this? And what about like really in the analyzing and the problem and really looking in this place, which a lot of us spend our entire lives in that place. Okay. When we're in that place, what we notice is that the heart waves are, there is no coherence. They're sort of all over the place. And same thing with the brain waves. When a person comes into coherence where they drop out of this part of us that gets so caught up, so caught up in concerns that we're constantly analyzing. Okay. When we, when we drop out of that and we just drop into the present moment, we let go, we open our heart. We open our heart. I'm going to say it again. And we actually just open our heart. What they notice is that the brain waves and this and, and the heart waves, they start to come into coherence. Now, this is what's so amazing when they take that sound wave from the stethoscope from the person who's having coherence and they look at the sound wave under a microscope. Do you know what they see? It's beautiful fractals. It's like snowflakes. It's like a kaleidoscope. So let's really hold this thought for a second. This is such a high vibration thought. This means that when you are in coherence, when you drop into the receiving open-hearted feminine place, your body literally is creating, meaning the energetic that you're sending out, that sound wave under a microscope is creating. The sound wave itself looks under a microscope like Elsa making snowflake fractals, perfect symmetrical kaleidoscope. Is that not a mic drop? And when you're not in coherence and they look at the sound wave of the heart, when a person is anxious, when a person is spinning, you see nothing under the microscope. It's erratic. It doesn't make any form. There's nothing there. So what I'm telling you is when we drop in to coherence, you immediately step into creation. So how did God create this world? That's a vibration of love. It's faster than the speed of light. Do you hear what I'm saying? Without doing anything, your literal frequency is emanating a creation when you're in coherence. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you're not in coherence, from an energetic baseline, you are not emanating, you're not broadcasting a creation. If that's not one of the coolest things you've ever gotten, I don't know what is. So when we talk about being in a high vibe and when we talk about your goals and when we talk about wanting to create your best relationship, your business, your next $5 million, yeah, I said 5 million. Why not make five if you can make a million? It's energetic, it's resource, be a custodian of it, give it back out in the world. So whatever the goal is, $5 million, you're being a better parent. We spend most of our time 
in that place where we're not dropped in, where there's no coherence, where we are really, really concerned with how. When you are in that place, that is not going to get you where you want to be. So how do we then utilize the masculine energy? So first we drop in to this coherence, okay? And there's a million different ways to do it. The first thing to know is that it's the easiest thing to do because it is your natural state. It's what you naturally do. When you look at a baby, they're fully in that vibration. You feel love, don't you? You feel it. It hits you like a freight train. They are emanating love. They're vibrating faster than the speed of light. They're so open-hearted. Okay, so that is our natural state. Part of what keeps us from it is this false belief that we are so far away from it and we have to learn something to get there or we have to be fixed to get there. You are completely whole and completely there. It's the unbecoming. It's the letting go of whatever you think you are and then you'll just come home. You know how to open your heart, okay? Opening your heart comes back to, I'm going to practice receiving. And you can ask yourself, what would love do? Where would I be? How, how, what would be loving to myself? Trying to get this perfect sales copy or just being messy and going live? Now you're getting closer to an open heart. What would love do? Worry about what this person's gonna think of me or just post this thing I just wanna say? What would love do? wait until I have 15 more degrees before I put out my Etsy shop or just put out my Etsy shop or just walk next door and ask this woman if I can make her this beautiful bouquet because I want to try it out. And I thought she could use it. Now we're in the flow. Now we're in the momentum. So what calls our life toward us is the dropping out of the, this is hard. We have been conditioned to believe that work is hard. Work is a sacrifice. If you're going to get there, you need to be perfect. You need to be on your game. You need to hustle. Those are the things that will get you to a certain point and probably won't work. But if they do work, you'll be burnt out and you might die of a broken heart or God forbid, you know, all the other things that can happen when we put ourselves under that kind of stress. But if you drop into an open heart and you start to ask yourself the question of, What's the energy? What's the vibration feel like of my future? What does it feel like when I see myself walking the way I want to feel? What is that feeling? It's probably joy, generosity. It's probably a lot of qualities that are high vibration. You could feel that way right now. You can think of the things that bring you a sense of joy, bring you a sense of open heart. I would add probably excitement, probably what you want in your future is a vibration of expecting something awesome every day, right? Being excited. That excitement is that enthusiasm actually vibrates very high when they hook people up to fMRIs and they look at what lights up strongest in the brain on fMRI. There's different parts of our brain that deal with different emotions, love, compassion, anger, all this stuff. The interesting thing is that the thing that lights up brightest and strongest, it's not even love. It's actually enthusiasm. It's this excitement. Enthusiasm, I would say, is like a, it's a step above love because it's, it's kind of this like, I'm, I'm in a state of love, but I'm so excited and I'm so ready to share that with someone else. And what happens when we do make money? 
or when we do have that newborn baby or when we do fall in love, the first thing we want to do is share it, don't we? We want to give it to someone else. You have the best ice cream in the world. You come home and you say, we have to go back there. You have to try it, right? You fall in love and you're like, I want you to meet everyone. I want to give this feeling to everyone. You make money. You're like, oh my God, I want to take my friend with me to this amazing resort. I don't want to go by myself. So I think enthusiasm is the excitement of I'm already in this vibration of love, but I want to do something with it. I want to give it away, which is why I want to say something else. Part of the reason we hold ourselves back from the highest vibration of receiving this, this fully divine feminine is because we have this false notion that we're not worthy of receiving to the highest frequency. What's not aligned about that is that we are one. We are one collective, like an ocean. So when the wave rises over here, it affects the entire ocean, does it not? So when you rise... Like I just said, immediately, what do you do? You share that back into the, the field. You broadcast that, you give that back. So you playing small and dimming your light is another way of saying, let's keep this ocean quelled for everyone. So really it's selfish because you're making a decision that this collective doesn't deserve to rise. And part of that is in the masculine, right? When you get into the how, you think that you're separate from everybody else. You forget that your energetic immediately changes the energy in the room and you're not separate. So part of it is if you get that we are in this one singularity, this oneness, then the humility is not look at me, but let's come with me. Let's go. Let's do this together. Let's all rise. And again, what would love do? That right? Love is oneness, right? And that is divinity, right? Divinity, what we see under a microscope, what Einstein said is there is one force. And he said, I don't know, I'm not a person who has a particular dogma. But what I do know is that there is a creator, because there's an energy that can't be created or destroyed. And it's a one energy, and he couldn't separate it. So this oneness, this one energy, this creation energy, it flows through all of us. And so this mystical lives inside of us. So we are the mystic, right? So we co-create with the master of the universe, our life. So I want to talk about these high vibes because so often people say to me, but how am I going to advance my career? And they really are hoping that I'm going to tell them strictly a strategy. I'm going to say, you're going to send an email on a Monday. You're going to use this subject line. You're going to ask people to reply back with a one or a two. Then you're going to put out this offer. The way you're going to put out the offer is through this funnel. That is only one piece of it. That's like me building you the car and telling you, here's the car. Here's the sound system. Here's the ignition. Here's the steering wheel. And there's no gas in the car. But you're going to think that you're going to drive off the lot. And you're not going anywhere because unless that gas comes in through that engine and a fire is lit, that car is considered no good. So this energy is essential, right? That car needs to know how to metabolize energy. And if it does, awesome. Then you can put all the most beautiful trimmings around it. Now you get both. Okay. So now let's move out of this high vibe into what that other 10% looks like. So once you're in a high vibe 
and you move into the state of, I'm not trying to start a podcast. I'm not trying to start a business. I'm not trying to make $5 million. I'm not trying to serve. I do serve. I am podcasting. I am making pottery. It's a state of being. That's an open heart. I'm not worried about how it's going to happen before I then tell myself that I'm doing it. So we start there. Like there is no try. There's only it is. And so it is. Okay. That's where all the inspired action is going to come from. Once you drop in and you say, this is what I'm doing. And your creativity is an unlimited resource that you do not tap into. So you say, this is what I'm doing. I'm an artist and I will make this not a hobby, but a business. And so I am making art for people. And what you do with the business is you take a stab at it. A business means somebody needs this thing. So you decide I'm going to choose this group of people and I'm going to choose a problem that they have. And I'm going to try to relieve tension in this way. So I'm going to make these kinds of shoes because I think women need this kind of shoe that has this kind of thing. It's a casual shoe. That's also fancy. That's a problem you're solving with your shoes, or I'm going to do this kind of coaching because I understand that women want to build a business, but first they need clarity around what the business is. That's a group. And it's a problem I'm taking a stab at solving, or I'm going to make the kind of pottery that has a beautiful feeling like this one looks like it was made, you know, by hand. And then I'm going to write a word on it. So I'm not just selling pottery. I'm selling people into an idea that when they're drinking the coffee, they are now imbued with this particular, because that's, again, you're creating an idea around a person and taking a stab at a problem that they have. That's a business. So the second problem that comes that I see when people want to start a business, first is this whole vibration thing. People miss that completely. Okay, so we, we got that. The second thing is we have to begin with the end in mind, which is the radical, radical empathy that this business is not about me being alone in the dark, coming up with something based on no information, but me going to one singular individual and figuring out what story to tell that person based on what they need and making sure that with one person, I found a way to solve a problem. And then I can scale that. Does that make sense? So a lot of times people say to me, I'm putting out my Instagram. I'm working on this thing. No one's clicking and I'm doing it. I'm showing up, right? I'm doing the strategy every day. Okay. Number one, what's in the vibration? What are you broadcasting? Are you broadcasting apologies? Are you broadcasting that you are doing this? What's coming through you frequency wise? Number two, when you're making an offer, are you using the words that the person who needs you is using, or are you offering something else? So who did you draw toward you and what problem are they telling you that they have? I'll tell you for myself, when I started doing don't keep your day job. I really was just having fun and iterating. And I started to think about a year and a half in, what would I create that would solve a problem that would be some kind of a course or some kind of a coaching. And I thought I'll make a business accelerator to teach people the business behind building a business. And what I learned from surveying my audience was they didn't yet even know what that business was that they were hoping that someone would come along and make enough space and have a method plus the compassion to sit with them and help them pull outside what is their gift. That was huge for me. I didn't know that they would be saying that. And then I said, so of course, when I say business accelerator, let's go start a business. It's like, 
oh, she's not talking to me. She must be talking to somebody else because I don't yet have a business. So then I realized, oh my God, the people who listen to the show called don't keep your day job. They don't want to keep their day job, but that's a distinction between I know enough to know I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing because I went down this road because my parents wanted me to, or because I fell into it. So I, I know enough to know I don't want it, but I'm nowhere near the I'm ready to scale because I'm still in that there's a gap of what am I doing? Okay. So then I said, oh my God, I do love doing that. That is something that is a skill of mine. I can show people for some reason, since I was a kid, I've always held up this mirror and gone, don't you see how amazing you are at this or at this or at this? And I said, let me create a program. And then I said, what am I going to call it? And I want you to do this. When you create an offer, use the language your audience uses. So all the emails I would get, all the DMs I would get, people would talk, but somewhere in the fourth sentence or at the end, it said, I just want to know what I'm meant to do. I said, I'm going to call it made to do this. And people went, she's talking to me. I want to know what I'm meant to do. And I realized there's a beautiful part of the market that I decided to serve, which was heart-centered people who weren't as concerned about making a million dollars as they were about making an impact. And the way I found that out is I created a Google form and I asked about 10 questions, no more. And I asked specifically, what do you want to do? I asked specifically, are you confused around what your thing is? Are you confused around the how to scale? What, where are you at right now? Are you making $0 with your passion? $50, $1,000? Like I asked all these questions, but one of the questions I asked was, which thing do you want more right now to make seven figures, to grow a huge audience, or to make the biggest impact possible? And you guys, my awesome audience, eight to one said, I want to make the biggest impact possible. First of all, that was one of the best days ever because I realized, look at who I got to attract. All right. So then I realized, let's make the impact and let's help you figure out how you were put in this world. What's your divine assignment, which I believe everybody's given, you are needed or else you wouldn't be here. Fact. I always say it's like a puzzle, right? We all are a piece of it. And if you're missing a piece, doesn't matter if it's the top piece, the bottom, the one in the corner, puzzle's not complete. And that's you. And it's because you're needed to complete this world. There's a fixing. Your imprint is needed. Okay. So then it's about, let's figure out what that divine assignment is for you. And then I, I have the chutzpah to believe that you can get paid to do that because I have the evidence having interviewed 350 people already who are millionaires and billionaires who wake up every day getting paid to spend their full time on their divine assignment. And so I don't think it's an either or. I don't think we need to leave our divine assignment till our retirement. I think if it's in you, if the dream is in you, it's for you. And there is a absolute path to getting paid so that you don't spend one day a month on it. You spend every day being paid literally by the world to serve in this way so that you can get better. Because what would happen, right? If you did leave it to Sunday evenings or when you're 65 and you have a little more time, whatever it is, what does that really mean? It means you're busy building someone else's dream nine to five. And then 
you're doing your divine assignment a lot less. Doesn't make sense. We don't need you doing that. We need you doing what you need to do. So I want to make sure this is clear. It starts with the, I'm dropping into an open heart. That's a decision. It starts with, I'm going to trust Kathy that if I've been given a gift or a skill or a desire, the creator of this universe knows the how better than me. So I'm going to really do my job. And my part is to keep dropping into open heart, that frequency of love. And it's so easy to do that it seems like it must be false. You're like, there's no way that me just showing up with a messy bun and talking from my heart is going to lead to anything good. I better take another course on writing a epic sales page, right? And it's just because it's so simple that it seems like there's no way that, because you've conditioned yourself. Okay, so we get that. Now we have to figure out who we're serving and take a guess. Now, a lot of people get caught up there too, because they're like, well, I don't know with an absolute clarity who to pick. I'm saying the easiest choice is the one to pick because you're going to get led to where you're supposed to go. Like a friend, Christy Wright says, pick the one that's easiest to start. Pick the one that just feels like it has the most momentum. Because even if you think like Sarah Blakely, that the problem you're solving is about women wearing a girdle, you'll realize you're still Sarah Blakely. You were put in the world to do her divine assignment, which means no matter what she would have done, she'll keep coming back to her assignment. So she started with latex and now she's just teaching women how to be their biggest self. She's one of the few women billionaires in the world and she's great at it. So she's not selling that anymore. I started as a songwriter, right? And I started by writing music and solving a problem for the film studios until other artists started asking me how I did it. And then I decided to go all in and I just chose them. So I started, I wasn't talking about masculine and feminine energy and building multi-millions and how to do that with your divine assignment. I was talking to songwriters about how they could license their own music to Disney soundtracks and Lionsgate's films and ads for Coca-Cola. But I went all in with it. And so I went all in and I wound up finding new gifts inside of myself. And I realized that when I would be coaching about songwriting, I'd start talking about being resourceful and being empathetic and all of this stuff. And it started to metabolize something in me and it started leading me somewhere. And one of my students, Amy Loftus said, you should start a podcast. This is not just about songwriting. And so I did. And it led me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So instead of waiting for this, like, you know, email from God or this like bag of bricks that each tells you exactly what to do. Just take a gut check and do the thing that's easiest to start and go all in with it. I tell our students and made to do this idea to income in 12 weeks. The clarity comes from the action. So you're going to pick a thing and I will then show them both the strategy and the vibration of what it feels like to step into your millions and step into making your mark. But all those steps to building a business are rinse and repeat. So whatever business you start, if you decide to start that Etsy shop, go all in with it. Because if you apply the same strategy to that, that will then help you toward any other business. So let's talk about what those strategies are. So there's four seasons, Elise Dharma's episode on my podcast. It was excellent. So she talked about the four seasons of building a following. It's similar, very similar to just what I would call, what are the seasons and what are the steps to building a business that are rinse and repeatable? 
It's about first establishing visibility. Okay. So you establish trust with human beings. The second thing is you engage with those human beings, right? And it's what I said before, which is let's find out what they need. Let's find out what they want. Instead of just literally taking a shot in the dark, let me go a little closer. Okay. I have this idea, but what do they want? What kind of pottery do they want? What kind of class do they want? What kind of sound bath do they want? Like, let's go a little further. Okay. So it starts with visibility. Then it goes to engagement. Then you're generating leads right now. People want you to make an offer because everybody is conditioned to wanting to look for people who solve problems, whether the problem is I need a caterer for Thanksgiving because I don't feel like cooking or the problem is I want throw pillows for the couch, but I want them to be like a bold centerpiece, but not too crazy. Like that's solving a problem. There's people who've made things like that. Okay. Everyone's solving a problem, but we, we do that by establishing visibility. That's season number one. Season number two is engaging, talking to them, asking them, iterating. You make different iterations of things and you test. This is what companies spend a gajillion dollars on is trying to figure out you. Every other company built a machine to have a storefront window and offer you things. They built it backwards, which is really the right way, which is, I just want to know what you want. Click on it. Give me a review. Oh, let's let go of this product. They just want this. So they're neutral, right? Amazon and Netflix are saying we're neutral. We want to build what you want. If you don't click on this show, we're going to cancel it. I don't care, right? Versus a brand that's like, I make these kinds of swimsuits. I just printed a thousand of them. And then you're like crickets. We build businesses by really studying the consumer. And we need to understand that that's how we get into business. We have to use that function. So how do you do that? So visibility. And then the next thing is engagement. Put polls in every Instagram story that you can do. You don't have to do it everyone, but everyone you could possibly put a poll in, ask them a question, put questions in your captions to your Instagram posts, then tell people every day, at least five people you should be talking to, tell them to DM you, have a conversation. When you have this tool and most of the planet is literally a click away and you can't start a business, it's because you're missing the empathy. All you have to do is get as close to these people as possible and literally ask them the right questions. Do you like this? And then give them easy to answer questions. A lot of times people say, but I am asking questions. I'm like, I just looked at your Instagram post and the question you asked was, what was the hardest thing you've ever gone through? Tell me below. No one's going to answer that. What about you give them an option of something that leads to what you do? And you say, type a one in the chat. If you've been to Greece and you had vegan food there, type a two if you've never had Greek vegan food. Type of three, if you want me to DM you, my recipe for the vegan baklava. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm making it so easy for them to respond. So we need to make it easy to engage. What we do then is the people who start to engage, that's lead generation. Those are people raising their hands who are saying, I want to be served by you. I want to know more about this. And now what's that fourth season? The sale. The sale is, hey, so we just had a conversation. I gave you that freebie, that recipe on the vegan baklava. That was a perfect freebie and I'm glad you liked it. I'm now hosting a Zoom class where I'm going to teach it. And by the end, you'll make it. Do you want to join us? It's $16. Okay. 
So this last part is also where people get tripped up because again, we get out of the vibration of love and we go into the unworthiness big time. How on earth could I offer? But remember, if the rising tide affects the entire ocean and you want to be able to do your work full time, it's all leading to you doing what you need to do to be your biggest self, which helps the world. And you're going to get to then broadcast your best light. How can you not receive? That's going to have to be a decision you make that you're receiving. And when you receive, what do you find out? All day long, people are clicking on the internet and buying things. They have no problem giving. They're waiting for someone to be willing to receive and they're so happy to give it. I just bought this necklace from Monica Venator and how good did I feel buying it? And the fact that it wasn't $90, but that it was $575, do you think it made me want it more or less? More. Because I want to be the girl who gets to buy the $575 one. I don't want to buy the $90 one. How many people do you know who struggle and then tell you how excited they are that they bought a particular jacket or they're taking their family to a particular destination? Why would you take that away from them? They're buying the resonance that when they're there or when they wear this jacket, they feel like a million bucks right? I talked to a friend yesterday who said, I always go to this place to get my hair done. That's like a crappy hole in the wall. And she said, I talked to my husband and I said, you're the one who loves when I have a Brazilian blowout. I'm going to go to the really nice salon. And it wasn't so on budget. And he said, go. And she said, and I sat there and I cried because I realized when women get these blowouts, they're not going for the blowout. They're going for the one hour or two hours that they receive, and they're practicing that energy. And, and really that's true. This is what we're talking about. So when we deny people the ability to pay us, not only are we holding down sort of the energetic on a global level, but we are also denying people what they want. They wanna pay and they wanna pay well, right? What we normally do is we play to the lowest common denominator, which is, I'm going to build a business and the entire time, even though I have this dream that keeps me awake at night, I will think about scarcity and I will only think about the customers who come to mind who will never pay me. And, and then I'll make that the whole world, which is not really the world anyway. Like, please don't buy into the notion that people are one thing. Like everyone's out of work. It's like... It's not really that way. In fact, I have friends in every sector who've come out of the woodwork starting to blow up their business. Like, oh, because moms are now home and they need more help with their kids, I got my job back as a, you know, an educational counselor or because I, I don't know, there's so much that got innovated actually. And I don't think we're ever going back, by the way. I think that people are going to be working this way in their pajamas from now on. But let's really be clear that the scarcity thing is not this is not a picture of the world. It's a picture of a fraction of the world, which it always is, but you don't help them by holding yourself back anyway, right? Okay, so those are really the four seasons. And that to me is a really good overview for you on building your business. And so when you look at just sort of some of the steps that you can rinse and repeat, it's like, okay, I need to be visible. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go live 
Even if I'm messy, I'm going to start talking about this. I'm going to create some kind of free offer. I'm either going to give people a taste of these little custard cups that I make, or I'm going to give people a taste on Zoom of the home decorating theories that I have and tell people based on their personality, what colors they are for free, but I'm going to start giving it away, giving it away. And then asking questions. What do you want? What do you need? What do you want? Have you ever heard about this? And then start to whittle down who I'm talking to and what problem I take a stab at solving. And then I'm going to definitely need to make that sale. I'm going to need to make that sale, which means just put out the offer and ask them, give them an option, you know, give them a menu, make it super simple, confused buyers don't buy. Right. And then go back to that energetic of receiving and let them pay you. And we do this in different ways. And so all the things that I do, you know, my podcasts, emails that I send, all the things that I do strategically fit into one of those four seasons, visibility, engagement, lead generation, sales, but everything I'm doing is coming right from the heart. We don't have any funnel in my business. There's nothing automatic set up, nothing. So if you get an email from me here on my list, I literally wrote it that day. And there's an energy to that. I think people appreciate it. So these are all the things that I really want to get across. And this is why I do my show. All right, before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsor. Hiring is one of those things you want to get right if you want to take your entire business to the next level. With the stakes this high, there's only one choice, Indeed. Let me tell you why. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only have to pay for what you need. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. With Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all job sites can Combined according to Talent Nest. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash dreamjob. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash dreamjob. Indeed.com slash dreamjob. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and they kind of all look alike. But when you look at what's inside, you're going to see that they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. They've also engineered the purple pillow with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you've always got that cool side of the pillow going. Purple is also awesome because you can try every product risk-free with free shipping and free returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. I was so impressed with how their grid technology makes the material so soft and comfortable. It's also really breathable, which is an important thing for me when I'm picking a mattress. Experience the Purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob10 and use promo code dreamjob10. For a limited time, you're going to get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash dreamjob10, promo code dreamjob10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more terms apply. So what questions do you have? Okay. So Elizabeth said, I have two paths I'm thinking about and would love your opinion. It's similar to, I don't know what I want to do. So let me just say something about that really fast. So oftentimes I don't know is a limiting belief. Okay. I don't know. It's just a limiting belief, but we don't think it is. We think it's such, I just don't know. And how often are you around people? And they're, you're like, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? What are you going to do with this? Are you going to go through the fertility treatment? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And they want to convince you because they've convinced themselves. They just don't know the answer when they do know the answer. There's a knowing 
beyond the spinning thought. But the I don't know is a really good excuse because if I don't know what I want to do or if I don't know, I don't have to what? I don't have to do anything. Okay. So there's a payoff to it. I don't know keeps me from having to get messy, to iterate, to possibly fail, right? And there's a lot of heartache. And to be fair, I really get it because we've survived so much, right? Like there's like actual horrible trauma that we've all been through. So it's no small thing. So I don't know is a limiting belief and it's there because it's kept you protected from something and it ain't easy. At the same time, what we know is that my friend Amber said yesterday so brilliantly, she said, what if our trauma and our story and everything we're trying to protect ourselves from is not nearly as significant as our soul? And so she said, oftentimes these stories become our significance and these I don't knows and these problems, they become really significant. They become a significant part of our identity but what if she said the vibration of us doing our work in the world is so much more significant that it's time to really let that go because it's keeping us from our real significance, which is shining our biggest light. And I thought that was such a mic drop. So why do we say, I don't know? We say, I don't know because we're afraid to fail and we have shame around being messy. When you walk into a potter's room, when you walk into a studio, it's a creative process. Jason Mraz was on the podcast and he said, you know, I come back into the studio in the morning after I've been in there, like writing for hours. And I go, Jason, what did you do? There's like three ukuleles out. The piano's open. There's a coffee mug over here. There's papers with lyrics everywhere. And he goes, and then I go, oh, I'm just, I'm in my creative process right now. You know, the place is a mess. We have to be willing to be in a process. So in order for us to come up with the idea for the Tesla, in order for us to create Starbucks, you, you can only see as great as you can possibly envision, right? And you can't see what's around the corner till you walk up to the corner and you look down. So between here and walking over there, you have to try stuff. And then when you get there, you're going to go, oh, I see the next step. So we have to sort of trust that. So again, I think part of the reason we don't start is because you, ha you have some idea, but you say to yourself, one of two lies. One, I don't think I'm really good enough at doing that. Boy, does that, that's a buzzkill. Or number two, no one would ever pay me for that. So it's not possible. It's not going to happen. Okay. So what if both of those things are not absolute truths? What would you then do? And usually then there is a knowing and people go, well, what then, then what I would do if I wasn't believing that I wasn't good enough, and if I wasn't believing there's no way this would ever work, oh, I know what I would do then. What? I would do stand-up comedy. Good, there's your answer. I would open a bed and breakfast. Awesome. Now, the next thing that's important is going to be distinguishing between a hobby and a business. So if it's a hobby, it doesn't matter. If anyone thinks you're funny, you can go do stand-up as much as you want. But if it's going to be a business, you're going to need to find someone who needs your, your brand of funny. So is it applying for different writer's rooms? Is it going on to find people who already have web comedy shows and reaching out and saying, I can write jokes for you and finding someone who has a need for what you do and going, Chelsea Handler, you sound like me. I'm just going to start sending you stuff for free until you realize I'm willing to work for you for free and my jokes will serve you and help you deliver your monologues. You see what I'm saying? That's a business. That's a business. So we need to distinguish that. 
And then we start to work towards it. And we just start to come up with a suggestion, take some inspired action, get messy, and you start getting led to where you're supposed to be. And it really is just as simple as that. But it takes crossing that very, very big ocean, which is literally one breath away, which is I'm just going to surrender, open my heart and go all in and stop saying, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Or the worst one, I don't know what I want to do and just go all in on something. And six weeks later, you'll go, I started this podcast and it was all about vegan cooking. And I totally pivoted because on the third episode, I talked about parenting and my kid has special needs. I'm only doing special needs stuff right now. And I'm helping mom. It's like, great. So glad you went all in. You see what I'm saying? Trust it. How do you overcome the fear of success? Starting to see growth. And so that's a really interesting one, right? I think that what I've realized is as much as people feel unworthy of sharing their gifts, the greatest unworthiness, the greatest shame that I see is who am I to have this? Who am I to have this? And, and when Alex Benayan was on the show, we talked about the third door and it was so br brilliant. You know, he interviewed Maya Angelou, Lady Gaga, Steven Spielberg, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. And he didn't have like a way into each of those people. He was a 19 year old kid who had to like go on a journey to get in with each of those people, which in and of itself is fascinating. Like how he got a face-to-face -face meeting with each of these people. And he wrote this book called The Third Door because he said all of those people, they had one thing in common, which was they took the third door. And the third door metaphor is brilliant. He says the third door is like a nightclub. You know, you go to the nightclub and there's the first door, which is where everyone stands. The lines around the block and they're waiting. They're waiting to get in. They're on the line. The second door is for people who have a VIP, right? Like my last name is Kardashian, right this way, right? My last name is whatever, or I'm the owner's son, right this way, right? That's the second door. You're born into that. There's VIP status. But he said all the people he interviewed, whether it was Warren Buffett or Steven Spielberg, who came from just like very humble means or Lady Gaga, they didn't have the second door access, but they took the third door. They didn't wait in the line. So he said, what does that mean? He said, well, there's always another door to a building using an analogy. There's always a side door, a back door, right? There's always another door except for the first door or the second. So he said, the hard part is not finding the third door. He said, the hard part is, and the hardest part is, and the hardest, 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 hardest part is leaving the line. And that's it. Because when you're standing in line, which is the analogy of our lives, and everyone around you says, who are you to leave this line? Where do you think you're going? We stay in this line. You're going to try to get out there. Never, never, never happened for you. It doesn't happen for people like us. You should be so grateful to be in this first line. Don't you dare step out of line. You're going to get out of line in front of all these people. You're never going to make it. And then you're going to come back. And we want the love and approval of the people in the first line because there are there, these are our peeps. We grew up with these people. And then it hits you and you say, like Oprah said, she's like, I was 10 years old hanging the clothes on the clothesline. The sun was blazing. And I just knew I was born for greatness. So I left the line, right? I mean, she didn't say I left the line. It's not her analogy, but she left the line. So it's the pain of being disloyal to the people who you want the approval from. And that's it. And it's amazing when Jillian Michaels was on my show, we talked about The Biggest Loser, right? Because she's a coach on The Biggest Loser. And we talked about how hard it is for people to lose the weight because it's really a bigger story. And she said one season, they decided to film 
over the holidays. So they film for six weeks. Christmas time comes. They give everybody a couple of weeks off. Everyone goes home and everybody comes back to weigh in. And she was amazed. Most of these people kept their weight. So she was like, right on. Good job. Except for one guy who she worked the hardest with. And he literally gained back almost all the weight in the time he was gone. And she said, what happened? We did so much. And he said, I went home and I opened the door and he was so much thinner when he went home than he ever had been since he was like 10. And his mother opened the door and he said, the look on her face was, you're leaving me because she's obese. And Jillian said his loyalty to his mother, he stuffed his face because he doesn't want to make her feel that he's leaving. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know that there are people whose parents have had certain kinds of trauma or their parents only allowed themselves a certain amount of happiness? So at the pit of their stomach, it's like, who am I to have more than they let themselves have? So the, the fear of success, it's not really about, can I do this work? It's really, do I feel worthy to have the light shined on me? Can I receive at that level? And we condition ourselves that we can only have that much based on what we saw people around us have. And so there's so many ways that that gets conditioned. You know, like there are people who grew up with very little and their parents would say things like rich people are not nice. So we're lucky we don't have, you should be lucky you don't have it. Or what is that really about? It's like, they don't feel worthy of it. So they cast a judgment on that, which they don't have, as opposed to looking at why don't I allow myself to have this? So I often say to people, who do you need to be for the person you want most to grow, to rise? So I sometimes say to people, who are you rising for? Your mother? Because you want to show her what's possible. Your daughter? Is it the women you want to serve? Is it the local community you want to serve? And they say, it's this person or it's this group of people. So I say, so who do you need to be? Where do you need to hold so that they can rise? Because when we rise and we hold a certain vibration, other people will come into residence there. And then we hold that for them, literally. And when they're around us, they're like, I just felt something inside of me open. It's the energy that they hold. And when you're in that person's space, something just opens and you go, "Ooh, thank you for that. Right. So it's like, of course, you'd want to let yourself do that. So this is a question about abundance and money mindset. At the end of the day, what I've seen around money mindset and abundance and all of that stuff is that everybody is desperate to overcome that. And people will vibrate if you open their eyes to what money, what the story is really about and just start to really help them condition it. One thing that I say, which I'm going to say to you, and I say it over and over again, is that the clients are there. The money is there. The people are there who need you. And money is really little gift certificates in exchange for the value that you give. So when somebody goes into Starbucks, they'd rather give seven of those certificates in exchange for a venti coffee. Because they, at that moment, they want that coffee more than those seven gift certificates of appreciation. We're talking about dollars, right? But that's what they are. So money is really value. So we exchange value for value. 
And so inherently, the reason people are not making as much money as they could be is because they're not recognizing that they're sitting on a gold mine. The value is already in you. It already exists. And so if you put your value in the world, there's already a market value for that. But when a person doesn't see their value or doesn't want to own their value or doesn't want to claim their value, they go, I have no money. I have no money. But you are it. You already have it. You're sitting on value. You could make that pizza that you're really good at. You could create that um, class for moms around postpartum. You already have it. It's done. There's value for it. You're sitting on it. So the money thing is a lack of seeing your own value and a lack of seeing how much of it exists in the world. The world is literally abundant. There's an abundant of flowers of all different species. There's an abundant of human beings with all different talents and languages. The world only knows abundance. We don't have a scarce world. We have a very abundant world and we step out of that and that's a hologram. That's an illusion. We have to stop living in that illusion. It's not doing us any good and it's not true. You have to choose from a field of possibility, which reality that you want to hold on to. And the reality, which is also a lie, is probably a bad one to hold on to. And if you look at the ocean, it's abundant. If you look at the Amazon, it's abundant. If you look at humans, it's abundant. Look at how much food there is. It's abundant. But the stories keep us shackled to a certain amount of what we allow in. You have to build a bigger container, right? If you show up with a tiny little thimble, you'll fill it. If you show up with an ocean, you'll fill it. Does that make sense? So you've got to just recalibrate how much you can hold. All right. I had the best time. Thank you guys for today. Okay. So I hope that that was helpful. Here are the takeaways. Number one, when you drop into coherence and an open heart, you immediately step into creation. Number two, you are completely whole and completely there. Let go of what you think you are and come home. Number three, expect something awesome every day. Number four, we are one collective. When you rise, you share it back. If you're playing small and dimming your light, then you're deciding that the collective is deserving of just that. Number five, begin with the end in mind. Business is not about creating a loan in the dark, but it's about having radical empathy and going to an individual to find out what story to tell them based on what they need to solve their problem. Number six, people want to pay and pay well. When we deny them the ability to pay us, we're holding down the energy and we're denying them what they actually want. Number seven, be willing to be in the messy creative process. Number eight, you know that you are born for greatness. So that's our first episode of 2021. Thank you so much for being here to kick off another, what I think is going to be an extraordinary year. We have so many good episodes coming up. We're going to do some mini episodes also starting Wednesdays now in between our Monday and Thursday usuals. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. It means a lot if you leave a review. And if you do leave a review, send me a DM with a screenshot of the review because I will be doing a giveaway every month and giving somebody a full scholarship into my Made to Do This program. If you leave a review, you will be entered into that giveaway. Last thing I want to ask you is, did you learn something from this episode? Can you think of a person in your life who would be inspired by it? If the answer is yes, then share it with them. Email them the link, text it to them, or post about it on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller, and then I'll repost it. But come on over to my Instagram at kathy.heller. I'm there every day. You can always DM me if you want to chat and join us for the five-day free workshop. Go to kathyheller.com slash your turn and you can be part of the it's your turn challenge because it is your turn. 
and you know it. Like it's your turn to shine your light and do your thing in this world. And this is the year you're going to get to do that which you came here to do and feel aligned. So go to kathyheller.com slash your turn. It's free. It's five days. It's starting soon. Come on and join us. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Let's not leave.